Welcome to Asian Globe. We're your hosts. I'm Jackie. I'm April. And I'm Jojo. We're a podcast that talks about career, culture, and community as 20-somethings in New York City. In this episode, we're asking each other 36 questions to fall in love that went viral on the New York Times. You may or may not have already heard of these questions, but in case you haven't, a psychologist actually conducted an experiment saying that he could cause any people to fall in love in 36 questions. So we decided that it could be really fun to try it out with each other and in turn get to know each other a little better. Maybe we'll fall in love. <laughs> Who knows? We're also about to hit our friend anniversaries of one in two years yeah. and none of us have done these questions before. So we're excited to try them out. Question one, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Ooh. If anyone knows Alan Watts, he's like philosopher into whole mindset stuff. I think he would be my number one. Mine would be Beyonce because Beyonce. <laughs> no explanation needed. <laughs> Mine would be Ariana Grande because... JoJo is her number one fan. <laughs> Question two. Would you like to be famous in what way? Can I be second to the top? <laughs> like, I want to be like... <laughs> well, there's B-list celebrities. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Or Like, when I was growing no, up... No, Jackie, you want to be the main character. <laughs> You're right. I want to be Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce famous, yes. I don't want to be famous, but I would love to be well-known within my own communities for giving back and being someone that people can look up to and respect. Yeah, I think I align with you, April, on that. I don't necessarily need to be famous. Where everyone in the world knows me is like, being a great singer or a dancer, like, sure, that's great, but let's be realistic here. <laughs> if I were to be famous, then maybe just well-known in my industry as like a change maker or innovator. Mm-hmm. She's an influencer. She's an influencer. <laughs> Question three, before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Yes, definitely. Why? Mm, well, it also depends because in my professional life, I am in a client facing role, which mm-hmm. means that it's a small talk. It's part of the role. The it really is. Like, build those relationships with those clients. But even when I'm on the call about to like, make a reservation at a restaurant, I'm like, <laughs> okay, April, it's this many people say it this way, whatever. I think it's just for me to, like, make sure I don't trip up over my own words. Mm-hmm. I'm the exact same. Yeah. Like, I plan everything out because <laughs> I know that if I don't, I'm going to forget everything. Question four. What would constitute a perfect day for you? I have a few different versions of the perfect day. Ooh. One version, I wake up at 10 a.m., full <laughs> night's rest, and just go on my merry way. But on the other hand, it's like, you know what? Why not? Wake up at 6 a.m., make a smoothie, go on a run, <laughs> do some yoga, meditate, and then by 9 a.m., you're like fresh and ready for the day. Go to the park, read a book, eat some bomb food, see some friends, and... So that's a lot. Is it a lot? No, it's very chill. This is a very chill day for me. (laughs) I would definitely say a productivity day. When I have one day just like cranking out all my errands, my chores, all that stuff, and then after that, hanging out with friends, and then eating bomb food, and then (laughs) just relaxing with like some music and TV and just restarting the next day. So is this supposed to be in terms of like a realistic perfect day or do they mean like a perfect, perfect day? I wake up with a view of the Eiffel Tower. I go down and get my croissant and hot chocolate. (laughs) I guess you guys had more like realistic answers, so I'll go that route. If I can just wake up and have no stress and feel really confident in what I'm doing for the day, Mm -hmm. whether it's work or whether it's hanging out with friends or meeting new people, whatever then I guess that's a perfect day for me. Okay. Just be confident. Question five. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? I was just like an hour ago. (laughs) The three of us are always singing. (laughs) 
Question six. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? I would say I would want a body of a 30-year-old because I've had all the experiences of my 90s, but I want to be able to do even more from what I know. Yeah, that's what I, I'm on the same page as Jackie. Because do you have the body of a 30-year-old when you're 90? Does it mean that... Does it mean that you're capable of doing the same thing still? So health is so important, right? Yeah. So health is wealth. As you get older and your body starts deteriorating, being able to still do things at an older age is really important in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Versus I feel like, I mean, at 90, I would probably still be fine. I don't know. I think I would go for a body as well. Just because, like, I've experienced what it's like to be sick Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. And Mm -hmm. health really is wealth, guys. Mm -hmm. Question seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Questions are getting a little bit more serious and deep now. (laughs) Not really, but every time we talk about, like, dreams and stuff, I'm like, is this a sign? Is something telling me something? Mm -hmm. But I have... I've been having crazy dreams recently, so I have no idea. Are you having an inkling from one of these dreams? (laughs) (laughs) What, What happened? I get very anxious about, like being cars and like me too getting car crashes a lot mm-hmm. like I do dream about that too actually I can't say like oh that's how I'm gonna die but like that is something that is in the back of my mind I guess that's my answer too that's really? always in the back of my mind mm-hmm. so I'm always scared being in a car yeah oh really yeah and we live in New York so we don't need to be in cars too much right but also like we also travel a lot too so mm-hmm. like plane. by plane by train mm-hmm. by like moving vehicles you know question eight name three things you and your partner appear to have in common this is very interesting because if you know us, we are all three so opposite, but we get along yeah. so well. I think Do ambition. Oh, ambition. That's <laughs> ambition is top of mind for me. No, for sure. Definitely. I mean, we're doing this podcast. <laughs> what else? Food. We like food. Yeah. <laughs> we're big foodies. Like, let's try something of, new. Like, I think we plan our lives around eating. Yeah. Like, like our no, social nothing. We 100% do, do that. Yeah. We're like, oh, we're going to plan spiral night. We're going to plan, yeah. like, kimbap night yeah. or whatever. Or if we, like, make plans to go into the city, it's, like, to go try and rush yeah. or something. And it's, like, we can also hit the grocery store on the way home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's okay. not who you, who are you eating with. It's, like, where are you going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know like, that. Can I come? No, we literally are, like, can you bring me back something? <laughs> I would say we're just really down to try new things. Mm-hmm. Or, we're very – maybe this kind of overlaps with ambition a little bit, but I would say that we're very – open to getting out of our comfort zone and trying new things and that makes us want to hang out with each other more yeah we're down bitches (laughs) question nine for what in your life do you feel most grateful my family and you guys (laughs) only one (laughs) (laughs) you guys are extended family the family you get to choose (laughs) yeah (laughs) friends and family because i say it all the time even april's like Stop saying it. We, we hear that all the time, and I, I truly am grateful for you guys and my family back at home and everyone around us. I agree with you both completely, but I'm going to switch it up. I think I'm most grateful for just having the means to do what I want in life, mm-hmm. what I'm passionate about. Question 10. If you can change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Yeah, these are getting deep. Mm-hmm. We're all now 10. I don't know if I would change anything. Don't Ooh. This. No, that's honestly, you can answer that way. Because obviously, like, my childhood wasn't perfect. My parents are divorced. I'm a first-generation Asian-American. Growing up, my family did not have a lot. But all of that contributed to who I am today. And I love who I am today. So I 
don't think I would change anything. I really do think everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm now here better because of how I was raised. Yeah, I'm the same. And I feel like if you have regrets, you're just going to keep dwelling on it. And I feel like I would not be the person I am without my childhood, without my family, and all the hardships that you have to go through. So I'm grateful. If I did have to say one thing, though, <laughs> it would be that I would have learned how to swim. To this day, I still don't know how to swim and I don't know how to ride a bike. And I feel like if I had to choose one, I would choose to know how to swim. I can teach you. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I also wouldn't change anything just because all the hardships growing up without any money. I say this kind of often, but my brother and I are different in that I think we grew up in different stages of my parents' lives. Mm -hmm. When I was born, my parents were working in the flea market and I kind of grew up in a flea market. But I think that kind of made me develop a really hard shell and I'm not phased by a lot. And I know how to take care of myself mm -hmm. because of it. Question 11, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. We can make this like a one minute thing. One minute each. Yeah. Jackie, you go first. Holy shit. Okay. I was a very tomboy person. I grew up playing sports with an older brother. I played a ton of video games. Like literally, if you name any video game, I played it. I built my own desktop. Very into tech. During college, not only was I truly just learning about myself, I was rebuilding my culture too. I ended up also moving to New York on a whim and I met you guys and I'm also on just a rediscovery of really just building my career, building my life, building my friendships, family, and myself. Jojo, I'll go next. So I was born and raised in Houston, Texas by two immigrant parents. My dad is from Busan, my mom's from Seoul, and they actually met in Houston. So that's where I was born and raised. And I grew up not having a lot of money. I grew up in a flea market. My dad's occupation was he owned a little mechanic store. And since then he's grown his business into much more and now he's retired. So I'm very proud of my family. I was an only child until I was six years old, which is a pretty big age difference. But then my little brother came into the world and I grew up in a very, I guess like white part of Texas. It's literally called Katy, Texas. And then I went off to college at the University of Texas at Austin. Started off pre-vet, made my way into the creative world, and now I'm an art director and work in New York City. It sounds amazing, and it is, but I'm still trying to find out what my purpose is in this world mm -hmm. and what I really want to do and what I want to leave behind, which is a lot when you're 24 and already thinking of this, <laughs> but it's like the legacy I want to leave. Love that. But <laughs> I was born and raised in Oakland, California, specifically East Oakland, which honestly was not the greatest neighborhood. And because of that, my mom really pushed for my family and I to move out of there when I was in elementary school. So I ended up living in San Leandro for most of my childhood. I actually grew up with both of my grandparents. They immigrated to America when I was four. They're very near and dear to my heart. And when I think back to elementary school, it's like, even though I lived across the street, literally from my bedroom, I would hear the school bell. They would pick me up every single day. They fed me three meals a day. My grandpa didn't work. My grandma did, but my grandpa didn't. And he was just always home and always there to support me. And so growing up, I lived a very sheltered life. Going to college to San Diego, eight 
nine-ish hours away was a really big deal and that was really my first taste of freedom and also really just taking care of myself and I've always been the type of person to want to try new things so even though I had a sheltered upbringing and my family didn't really have the means to travel or anything like that I had an inkling that I wanted to move to New York one day and I made it happen and I'm now in New York City I've been here for around two years building my professional life and meeting amazing people along the way and now starting this podcast so I guess that brings us to present day Question 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I think for me, and this is a big tension point in my life with any relationships that I have, whether it's with my family, specifically my parents or my brother, or with my boyfriend or my friends, I have a hard time expressing how I feel. And there's like a running joke between me and one of my best friends. She's always like, you never say you love me. You don't even like hugging me. Because I was never raised to be expressive. I never really saw people emoting love physically because for me, it's all through acts of service from my parents and even from other family members. So I think if I could gain one quality or ability, it'd be to be able to express how much I love people in my life. That's cute. I guess going more of the route that Jojo took, I think the ability that I would choose for myself is to be more creative. And, Mm -hmm. you know, these are all things that could happen. Like, I never saw myself as someone who was really amazing at drawing or coming up with creative stories and things like that. And I know that's just like a part of my brain I need to work on. And, you know, it's like building a muscle. So that would be what I would choose. I would say being able to speak any language. Right now, my base of Via and Chinese is very, very low, literally kindergarten level, (laughs) but this has stopped me from being able to have deeper discussions with my grandparents and even friends or watching shows online. Like I want to be able to communicate in a different way. Language is a way of connecting and I want to be able to connect with more people. Okay, now we're moving on to set two. So I'm thinking things are gonna get a little bit spicier. (laughs) Question 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I think I would want to know if at the end of this thing that we call life, did I live authentically? Okay. (laughs) I honestly don't know what I would want to know because it, it makes me think of those like cheesy movies that are like, this is the timer of when you'll die. And then, you know oh what I mean? Gosh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it makes me think, like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because uh-huh. whatever this dumbass crystal ball is going to tell you, then you're going to accept it as fact, and you're going to, like, keep working towards that. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't want to know anything. Question 14. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? It's kind of crazy, because I know I talk about how I switched my major three times, and I went from pre-vet to creative, but I often daydream about being a vet still really yeah because i love animals when i was a vet tech for a year i really loved it sometimes i'll think back and i know i made the right choice because i'm super content with being a creative but sometimes i do wonder what would my life be like if i pursued my original dream what is alternate universe jojo doing right now (laughs) i'm sure she's thriving I'm sure she's also wondering what this year is. Yeah, no, exactly. She's probably wondering what would have happened if I took the other route. For me, I would say speaking Mandarin fluently. Something that has been around or in the back of my mind since I was a child. But just, I think, being in America and just being in situations where you don't need to do Mandarin all the time, it's just really not, quote unquote, possible for me right now. But 
I think something that I really want to do is one day live in Asia, specifically mm-hmm. for the reason, you know, not just to get to know the culture more, but to be able to speak it fluently and comfortably mm-hmm. in public. Question 15. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? I would say moving to New York City. I was going to say this. <laughs> because I did not see myself here a couple years ago. And I was very babied growing up. Like I was always a baby of the group, baby of my family. And it's so crazy now to see myself living on my own, being in a city where I don't have family down the street. And I'm actually just sticking up for myself, providing for myself, and finally loving myself in this new area. So lots of growth. Love that for you. Thank you. (laughs) Love that for us. I think mine is also moving to New York, same as you guys, just because throughout college, I had so many health issues to the point where it kept me from school at some points and it kept me from even being able to travel. Like I flew to California once and I literally got on the flight back because I got too sick. So for me, living away from home was pretty impossible at that point in my life, but somehow I just overcame it and now I've been fine for two years. So it's the little things like that, or I guess it's a big thing, but it's things like that. Mm-hmm. Question 16, what do you value most in a friendship? I would say reliability, just because that was a point of tension in a lot of friendships that didn't work out and relationships in general. So I think that's the most important quality for me. I think being genuine and being authentic Mm -hmm. because I feel like I want to be friends with someone who is also being their true selves, but being honest with me as well. And I feel like those are ones that I highly value. Question 17. What is your most treasured memory? So for me, it's really more of a series of memories. I don't know if it's cheating, but growing up, my family and I spent every weekend basically doing the same thing. So on Saturdays, I would go to Chinatown with my mom because that's where she worked. I would do brainchild, which is like math lessons, then dance lessons, Chinese school, and then like piano and art and whatever else mixed in. And then on Sundays was our relaxing day because Saturday was so full of classes and whatever. Every Sunday, and I kid you not, every single Sunday, we would drive from Oakland to Emeryville Bay Street Mall for anyone who is familiar with the Bay Area. And we would just go to Barnes and Noble and read there for the day. I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to do that, but we would just sit there for hours and hours. I read basically every YA book out there, probably not even suitable for how old I was at that point. And then when we got tired of reading, we would just go walk around the outdoor mall. And this is just a constant experience that I've had for so long that even now when I go back to Bay Street Mall, it makes me feel so nostalgic for, I guess, like simpler times. And I guess that's why I like love bookstores and specifically Barnes and Nobles. I would say it's also kind of a series, but like Christmas morning with my family. I also believed in Santa Claus till like <laughs> middle school because my parents went all out. Like I remember kids telling me like Santa ain't real and I'm like, no, no, no. He did this, this, and this for me, you know? <laughs> My parents, like, wrote all the letters, did all that. I am a very deep sleeper, but I remember every Christmas, I would wake up at, like, 7 a.m. on the dot, and just really excited, not because of the presents, but really just my whole family comes together, and we're all in our PJs downstairs next to the Christmas tree, and they're like, okay, it's time to open presents and just spend time together, and I love having those memories. <laughs> Mine would be Thanksgiving. So I guess we're all kind of cheating because it's not one specific <laughs> moment. But for me, Thanksgiving is the only holiday where we all come together. All my family members would drive down to my home. And it's just really nice. 
Question 18. What is your most terrible memory? For me, my most terrible memory would have to be in elementary school. This is part of why my mom really wanted to move out of Oakland and into San Leandro. It was me, my mom, and my brother, and we came home late one day. I don't remember where we were coming from. I was probably in the first grade, so that's like, what, six years old? So my mom parks the car in the garage, and my brother and I run out of the car, and we just run towards our apartment. The garage is facing the street, and the apartment is like inside. So there's like a key to get in and like do the garage. But my brother and I ran into the apartment. I remember this so clearly. We were leading up to the steps of the front door of our apartment. There was like a little ledge area. My brother and I basically dinged on dashed our grandma and we thought it was so funny. We ran the doorbell and then we hid behind the stairs and she kind of came out and was like, hi, where are you guys? And then all of a sudden we hear the car alarm go off. My brother and I run back to the car because that's where my mom was. And she was just like laying on the ground. And my brother and I run back to the apartment and we call for my grandma. By the time we come back out, she's moved. And honestly, I was very young. So this is all very blurry. But basically what happened was someone was walking past and tried to mug her and hit her on the back of the head with a gun. And she had to get like a ton of stitches. And it was just a crazy moment. I was sick. So honestly, I don't even know if I'm telling the story correctly. But of course, they like ushered us in and like didn't want us to like, you know, see anything that happened. And my mom didn't get shot or anything, luckily. She just got hit really hard and she fell. And to this day, she still says that she has really horrible memory, but she wasn't like that before that accident. So she really thinks that incident caused her to have not as great memory as before. For me, it was the first time experiencing death of a close family member. Mm-hmm. I was in sixth grade. I was in orchestra for eight years of my life, all middle school and high school. So this was my first year being in orchestra. After school, every single day we had practice. So I remember being really nervous. It was one of my first times doing after school practice. And I remember my mom calls me and she's like, are you at practice? I need to come get you. Your grandpa just passed away. And before that, I'd never experienced death. So it just really hits you like a truck. And I remember going up to my teacher and being super scared to tell them what happened. But of course, they were super understanding. My mom came to pick me up. And it was just so surreal being so young and being exposed to that. But I do think the positive side of this terrible story is that it taught me to be grateful for who I do have in my life at the moment. Question 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you're now living? Why? If I knew that I was going to die in one year, I would quit my job and spend the rest of my year year traveling, seeing the world, and being with my family. Is this during corona times, though? Oh, YOLO. Because if it is, it's like, you only live once. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would just take more risks because I think I have taken risks in my life, but there's a lot of times where I let fear get the best of me. You know, worth it where there's like, thousand dollars on this one pizza <laughs> i'm gonna go and buy that one thousand dollar pizza even though it has a flake of gold on it but, you know i'm like i tried that that's what yeah. i would do <laughs> question 20 what does friendship mean to you friendship means being able to count on someone knowing that they are there for you through thick and thin that they truly want to get to know you as well as they truly care for you They like who you are for you. I concur. I concur as well. (laughs) I think it's about having the best intentions for one another Mm -hmm. and wanting to see the other person succeed. Yeah, definitely.
Question 21. What roles do love and affection play in your life? I mean, I feel like we are pretty good about reminding each other of our friendship and how we value it and how it really is important to us. For me personally, I didn't really grow up with a really great relationship with my dad. Not that it was bad. It was more so just that we didn't have a relationship, period. But my mom made up for that tenfold, you know, and also growing up with grandparents and my older brother, I never lacked anything and including love and affection in my life, even if sometimes Asian parents do have a funnier way of showing it. I think I'm very blessed and privileged in that I have only ever really experienced love from the people in my life. I think even through all the hardships for family and friends to show that love, it's like, I know I can keep pushing no matter what situation. I think for me though, I need to do a much better job of reminding the people who love me that I also love them. Also loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What? You need to remind us. Oh, I was like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> You're so awkward. Yeah. I told you. So I had therapy. <laughs> I'm not good at simping. <laughs> I love you 3,000. Oh Question number 22. Alternate sharing something you consider an, a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Well, let's work together. Okay, JoJo's goes first. Jackie and I will describe her. JoJo's very, very creative. Something I admire a lot about you. I think JoJo tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which is a positive characteristic. God, I, I like her <laughs> I love your unexpectedness. What does that mean? Like, knowing you, I've had such a different picture of you. And then after really getting to know you, like random things will come up, like a SpongeBob meme, or like just us talking about Ariana Grande and different music artists and like Animal Crossing, like JoJo made a WAP Animal Crossing video that hit 1 million views. And that is just something I never expected of you. But really now I am like, this is so JoJo. And I love That's it. That's true. I cool. actually really think that too. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're a lot nerdier is not the right word. <laughs> but like you, I feel like you love to give off this like super cool persona. And you're like very composed. And like Jackie and I are the ones that are like, oh, no, no. You know? yeah. You're like chill and like very composed and then you're like, oh, ha ha ha, I made a WAP music video. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Moving on to Jackie. Jackie. What do you think, Jojo? I think Jackie's like the sweetest person I've ever met. I, I Like so, so thoughtful. Aww. She's so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. For example, when we first met Jackie, she low-key somehow collected all of our favorite music artists <laughs> into her brain and had her brother, who's an artist paint our favorite artist for us and gifted it to us. Was it for Christmas? Christmas. Yeah. And we were like all taken aback. We were like, wait, what? (laughs) She just like showed up with these beautiful hand-painted canvases of our favorite artist. Spray painted. Like hand (laughs) cut out stencils. Beautiful work. Shout out at Mock Stencil on Instagram. (laughs) But yeah, so thoughtful. I think you just have a very like fun personality. We could be in the most boring situation, but it would still be fun. Because we would just laugh at our own dumb jokes. And it, would, it could be the dumbest thing, but we would just be going off and we'll be in our own little world having fun, basically. On the same note, like you're down for anything. <laughs> and that's like similar. Mm-hmm. But literally anything, Jackie's always like, yes, I'm down. And she's never negative about anything. Yeah, she's a very positive person. Mm-hmm. 
Their positive characteristic is that she's the positive person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For April, you also tell it like it is. But yeah. it's Do like, I? anytime you say something, I'm like, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> she's so good at convincing. You know what you want. You're very confident. You're, yeah, very confident. If I had to describe myself, confident wouldn't, I'm not saying I'm not confident, mm-hmm. but confident wouldn't be like one of the words that comes really? to mind. I'm going to say it again. You radiate confidence <laughs> just from you talking and how you hold yourself. And I was like, damn, she knows what she wants. <laughs> You're out to get it. And you actually followed through with everything. Question 23. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? I would say yes, even with all the hardships and everything that I went through. Lived a very happy life because I had so much love from my parents, my grandparents. And I think even with COVID happening, I got really close to my brother too. And I'm still rebuilding my relationship with my parents. I'm trying to break that surface level now and really get to know them in depth. And I feel like everything that they gave to me growing up, I'm truly, truly grateful. So now it's my turn to give back to them. I grew up not having a lot, like I mentioned, but honestly, I didn't know it at the time because if I think about it, my parents' lives revolved around me and my brother Mm -hmm. to the point where we didn't know any different than just having a great childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say my answer is along those lines as well. Even though we didn't grow up with a lot of money, I grew up doing so many different weekend activities and it's like, how did my mom afford this? Mm -hmm. It's just interesting now because sometimes my mom and I would talk and the topic of like my childhood come up and how she really struggled Mm -hmm. and it's just like her reality and my reality during my childhood were very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They like talk about their immigrant stories and I'm like, I can't believe that they went through that. And their whole mentality for us now is really, we don't want you to experience what we experienced. So they really just try to give us everything. Mm -hmm. Question 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? I love her. (laughs) It's like above and beyond. I call her every day. Yeah. I literally, it can be a one second call. I'm like, hi mom. What are you up to? Okay, bye. Love you. (laughs) No, Jackie always ends her calls with her mom with I love you. Yeah, I hear like, love you, bye. (laughs) I also think, because like, I feel like I don't really say that to my mom that often. And obviously, it's not because I don't love her. <laughs> but also, I, I think it's also different because I speak Chinese with my mom. Mm-hmm. And saying I love you in Chinese feels more awkward to me than saying I love you in English. But yeah, I would say I have a great relationship with my mom. I would say I do too. We definitely don't really say I love you that much, but it's more implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's through the actions. It's mm-hmm. through the fruit. <laughs> through everything that they give us. Yeah. Question number 25. Make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling dot, dot, dot. So like us. How we collectively feel. Yeah. We are here recording this podcast that we didn't really have intentions of doing, but now we're really out here doing it. (laughs) We are in New York City, living out our dreams, doing what we want, supporting each other, and doing an amazing podcast. Those are we statements. Yeah. In one. I love it. We. (laughs) we are figuring it out as we go question 26 complete the sentence i wish i had someone with whom i could share dot 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 is my life too general to say maybe like having someone who can ask me questions that make me ponder things that i don't normally think about Mm -hmm. question 27 if you are going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. For me, I think it would be that 
sometimes I can rub people the wrong way. And I think that's because I do have a very blunt personality or like Jackie mentioned, I do think very rationally. So sometimes when something doesn't make sense to me, I'm just like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I've actually had my high school friends from home tell me this before, that sometimes when I say things, they're like, I don't know if she's kidding or if she's like actually mad at us. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no, like that's just how I talk. Like I was just saying that that's whatever. I'm glad you say that. actually like sometimes he's like your tone like you need to work on that I'm like I'm not working on shit (laughs) I wonder if that's why we didn't get as close our first like year because Mm. like I found it hard to talk with you about something (laughs) like I don't know I can't really like think back but I remember like not feeling as connected with you as I did with Stacey I felt the same way and you know how you have said in the past that you have trouble emoting Mm -hmm. and like expressing yourself you just seemed very cold to me Mm -hmm. and I feel like in the very few interactions that we did have like not that you like rubbed me the wrong way but I was Mm -hmm. kind of like I don't know friends with this girl like I can't read her like I don't know what her like that's what I about you <laughs> yeah and it's so funny because like now that we've gotten a lot closer it's like you're not like mm-hmm. who I thought you were <laughs> yeah same we have all the same goal like we have the same intentions here yeah like, I think that's important to remember there's about no friends. ill intention mm-hmm. yeah I would say I feel like I am a private person it's not that I don't want to share with you guys I just have a hard time kind of opening up and being vulnerable and I do want to say thank you because I have been opening up a lot more but it is still going to take me a little more time to kind of be as open as you guys are with me and I am truly grateful for you guys to do that you're welcome (laughs) question 29 share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life so I don't know if I've told this to anyone, actually. Maybe <laughs> maybe like a few people. But mm-hmm. in the third grade, I was on the monkey bars and I slipped. And I fell on the bars like this. Like, Ouch. I landed crotch on to, <sighs> straight to the bars. And it hurt so bad. And I remember like all the kids were watching me. Because I think we were doing like a, a monkey bar challenge. And it's just like all these kids watching. And I was trying so hard to show that it didn't hurt. Even though it hurt so much. And my mom came to get me from school and I remember she was like on the phone with my aunt. She was like, oh my God, this just happened. And she had to like help me out. I didn't need stitches or anything, but I just think of that moment. I'm like, ooh, that was rough in third grade. I would say mine is when I first came to New York for my interview and I was interviewing with another girl and she was presenting first and I was presenting after. But like in that meantime, I had someone buy me coffee and I was just so nervous that I spilled the whole coffee on my white blouse right before the interview. I had no idea. No one said anything. No one said Wait, anything? No. How did you not have any idea? I had no idea. I she just, was so nervous. She yeah. was on the zone. <laughs> I literally like so nervous that I was like, I'm going to present soon. And then not until I was going on the elevator after my interview, I looked down. And I was like, I have this huge ass coffee stain on my white blouse. And I did that during my presentation. They didn't even notice. Maybe it made you stand out. You're like, we love that girl with coffee. Yeah. We want. She's her. confident. True. Because I mean, I did get, I did get the offer. Yeah. So I just remember going there, and I was like, well, I'm not going to New York. Yeah. <laughs> On to question thirty. When did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? 
To be honest, I'm a very emotional person and I release my stress by crying. April, Jojo, and I were moving in the past couple weeks and this is the first time where I moved everything on my own. It was literally a 24-hour day of moving from when I woke up to when I finally got in bed and I think everything just hit me. I was just so tired, but it wasn't crying because I was sad or anything. It was crying because I did this all myself. Like it was like a very proud cry. The one lesson that I kept telling myself I needed to learn is to grow the fuck up. And at that moment when I was just bawling my eyes out, that was that moment I realized like I finally did it and I made it here. So it was like just releasing everything that was holding me back. And I finally let it go in that moment. Last time I cried was this past Saturday. I was home by myself. I started watching this K-drama called Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> and it was so sad. The very first episode, the little boy was like a slave and his parents died and his life was so unfair and he left to America on his own and Aww. everyone's bullying him and it was just really sad. And I was literally sitting by myself on the couch like with tears <laughs> rolling down my eyes. And it's funny because growing up, I like prided myself almost. Like I never really cried. Any sad movie, anything, whatever. Really? I'm like... That's not that sad. I'm like, oh, it's fake, whatever. But now I'm like, no, if it's like the smallest thing, I'm like, no, why are they being so mean to him? <laughs> I think technically the last time I cried was at Prospect Park last weekend with you guys. <laughs> I'm dead. When oh. our friend Joey and I might have, you know, smoked a little green <laughs> on the green. I haven't really smoked in such a long time. And I just remember laughing so hard and literally crying so much to the point where I'm like, my makeup is getting all ruined. <laughs> and people kept asking me if I was okay, but I was like, in that moment, I'm so fucking happy. And it was all tears of joy. I love that. Question 32. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? A lot of things. Mental health. Racism. I think death. Question 33. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? Maybe just tell my parents how much I truly appreciate them, even though I am kind of a brat sometimes. That would be my answer too. Question 34. Your house, containing everything you own, catches fire. After saving your loved one and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? Well, everything's in a cloud these days. <laughs> no, that made me think, like, I should have more things in my cloud. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to say photo albums, but one of my goals this year was to actually digitally scan everything and have mm. it as a digital photo album, but never got to it. I would do photos, too. My parents are super big on having film that is taken way, way back. And my mom has so many videos of us as a kid, just her growing up and all that stuff. But would you say those are your possessions or your family's possessions? Because I'm trying to think of, like, something that's personal, personal item that I bought or, oh. like, someone gave me or whatever that mm. I would go back for. And I can't think of anything. I'm thinking, like, my jewelry. Is that bad? <laughs> no. Because I'm trying that to shit's think. shit's expensive. Yeah. Like, I don't really... I'm not a bougie person. Like, I don't have, like, a closet full of designer clothes. Or I have a lot of, like, small sentimental items and, like, souvenirs from our travels. But I don't value that that much where that would be, like, my one thing that I would grab. So, honestly, maybe my jewelry. Is that kind of shitty to say? So, we're hitting the last two here. Question 35. Of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing and why? I guess I would say my brother just because he is six years younger than me and 
I think it's even more sad when it's someone who has these goals and ambitions in life, but doesn't get the chance to fully fulfill them. Mm -hmm. For me, I think I would say my dad, just because like I mentioned, I never really had a chance to have that relationship with him. And if anything were to happen, it would just feel, I guess, so final. And it's like even the potential of maybe building that relationship wouldn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. I would say my mom, because knowing everything she's went through, I feel like there's still so much for her and I still haven't had the chance to give back everything she's given me. So it's same like with your brother, like I want them to reach their full potential. And last question here, share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. I would say that I have these goals in my life, but... I haven't had the discipline to sit down and really be like, this is my central goal or prioritizing my goals in my life because I feel like I have all these little things that I want to do. But I think that's what holds me back from really reaching my full potential. So maybe we had a session where we sit down and plan out our little goals and maybe that would help me. We got to do the five-year plan. No, I actually really relate to that because like you, I feel like we have a lot of different interests and a lot of different goals. And sometimes they don't overlap. Sometimes they are so far apart that you think like, I can't do all of it. Mm -hmm. And you know what people say about how like, if you really want to be a master of the one or two things in your life, you really need to hone in and focus on those specific things as opposed to being a jack of all trades, but master of none. Yeah. So my advice for you would be to keep talking to us about it. Like we can help keep you accountable. Same yeah. for you guys. Like I want to share, you know, my goals with you guys too. Mm-hmm. And something that's really helped me, even though I'm actually not the best at using it, would be my passion planner. I actually don't know if you've ever used one, but I really like the layout and like how it's designed for you to work towards those goals you have in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad. I got a free passion planner from the Cosmos <laughs> Summit last year and... I never used it. I love a passion planner and I wish I used it more. Meditation, because I know we were talking earlier on the subway on how it just really helps clear your mind. That will help you pinpoint what do you really like? What are you really here for? What is your passion and what are you trying to go for? Mm -hmm. I feel like meditation can just be one step to help you get there and just help you clear those racing thoughts in your head to lead you in the path you need to go. Thanks, guys. (laughs) So we're going to do a quick reflection period of just however long this episode was. What do you guys think of these 36 questions? Did you guys fall in love? Mm. Uh, I was already in love, so. (laughs) Wow. A simp. I honestly don't know if two complete strangers could fall in love with Mm. just these questions. I think love is more complicated than that, or not complicated, but there's just more layers to it, I think, than Mm -hmm. just what these questions ask. Mm -hmm. But I do understand why these questions are on this list Mm -hmm. and why maybe it could help to people that are maybe trying to get to know each other better. It helps break down that surface level talk to really get you talking about your family, your fears, your ambitions, and everything in between. I feel like I could have implied a lot of the things we discussed about you guys today, but it's different when it is spoken Mm -hmm. and it helps you really see people clearly. Yeah. Was there anything about this that was surprising to you guys? Was there anything that you were like, oh, I didn't know that? Or now I want to know more about this. I like that part where you're talking about one thing that you wanted us, me and Jojo to know. 
and about like the tone and stuff. And I think just you saying it aloud just helps us give us confirmation on how to better our friendship and how to build it and all that stuff. So knowing that we can continue to go forward. I, I wish these questions were more reflective actually. I honestly would alter the list of questions to mm-hmm. maybe be shorter and more in depth. I agree. So if you can add a question to this list, what would your question be? I think I would ask, what is your biggest insecurity? Yeah. I think that question says a lot about someone. And it's not that I want to like break you down. Yeah. yeah. But it's like. <laughs> the last time I cried was today when JoJo yelled at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you say your insecurities out loud to someone else, it helps you realize things that you didn't really know. Mm-hmm. It helps them learn more about you and in turn how they can help you become better. So would you say that. You were 100% honest. I'd say like 95%. If I had more time for certain questions, then maybe 100%. Yeah. <laughs> There's still a lot of stuff to uncover, but I feel like for this episode, we did a good job of learning more about each other. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Asian Glow Up Podcast. It's a little bit different from what we usually do, but we thought it'd be a really fun way to have our listeners get to know us a little bit better, but also for us to get to know each other better as well. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate us and leave us a review. We're also on Spotify. We post a new episode every Tuesday. Follow us at Asian Glow Up Pod, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.